Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Good to be back. Good to have you back at Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen with episode 260 as we talk about ways to captivate and influence your audience, how to have presence, key factors to your success. Thanks for being here. Of course, everything you need is at MaximizeYourInfluence.com from our advanced programs to our audios to the books to taking your persuasion IQ to contacting me. Or just email me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. We'll respond. Appreciate your feedback. We have some listener email today. It's been a relatively busy week as I'm finishing up another book. And I did a webinar early morning for me. I'm not a morning person to Europe. It was for a large pharmaceutical company three days in a row. Four hours a day, we got it done as we talked about ways to influence without authority. How do you persuade without position? How do you get results when you're not the boss? So that was a lot of fun. Shout out to my European friends. And of course, the fun thing about trading in Europe is so many different language and cultures and thoughts and ways to see life. No right or wrong, just different. I love it. I think it's great when different cultures, different people can get along. It's not that hard. We're much more alike than you realize. So let's dive into our geeky article. From our friends at Stanford University and Neuron Magazine. Go get your copy and follow along if you have it. This is titled, How Mental Rehearsal Preps Us for Action. Now we've heard about this in sports and if you listen to Millionaire Psychology, we've talked about this before, but basically we know and neuroscientists have discovered how the brain learns physical tasks, even in the absence of a real-world environment. Meaning we could improve just by mental rehearsal. Of course, you want the physical side too, but the mental rehearsal is a big part of your success. Presentation skills, again, in sports, it's critical. And they call it mental rehearsals. Picturing yourself going through routines whether it's scoring a goal in soccer or football, depending on the part of the world you're in, or hockey or figure skating or whatever it is, mental rehearsal, everybody swears by it, but they say it's very difficult to study. You know, when you peer into someone's brain, all you see is brain, so that's not very helpful. And so they're trying to figure out how the brain interfaces between reality and practice and mental rehearsal. And the interesting thing is they want to tap into this so they can figure out a way to do a brain-machine interface. I don't know if that excites you or scares you or maybe a little bit of both. I think we're in the both category. And they saw the negative sides. Like, you're not going to have somebody visualize a difficult task that they've never done before. It might be helpful, but, I mean, you have to get on the bike. You can't learn how to play basketball from a book or mental exercise. It's helpful once you've been out there and done it before. You can rehearse it. But you just can't start from scratch. You can't learn to play basketball and just visualize it without eventually getting on the court. So they did find conclusion that mental learning, mental rehearsal does transfer to physical performance. And they call it true mental rehearsal. Where you're getting your emotions, getting involved. You can see it, taste it, touch it, feel it. 
You can't just kind of go through the motions. You really have to engage yourself for this to work. In fact, one study I talked about in my book Persuasion IQ with Mental Rehearsal was a Russian study done with athletes. They tried to figure out, okay, what's more important, the physical side or the mental side? And so they had some people do 100% mental, no physical, 75% mental, 25% physical, 50-50, and then 75% mental, 25% physical. I think I got those right. Anyway, they wanted to figure out which one would be the best. You know, a lot of people thought 50-50, but the astounding thing is this study found that 25% physical activity versus a 75% mental was the key for the most success in Russian sports. Interesting, take it for what it's worth. And I'm telling you right now, life is just like sports. Public speaking is just like sports. Being persuasive is just like sports. It's the mental aspect of the game that makes the biggest difference. And of course, I will post that study at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Time for our friend, Mr. Homer and the blunder. Go, go, go! And this blunder is kind of me. I was involved with the blunder. I can't say it was 100% my fault. I probably could have done some things better because it did take me off guard. This goes back many years ago when I was a hired gun to sell different products and services in the telecommunication industries. It was a biz-op type entrepreneurial program where you were getting involved in telecommunications. It was kind of a fun thing to do because people were pretty successful with creating their business using telecommunications. Well, fast forward to... Orlando, Florida. This was the intro. Get them to know me and the company and different things. Show them different ways they could be successful. And I got there a little early and there's already a line because it was a couple hundred people coming in to see this presentation. And there was the attorney general. Very loud, very vocal. Letting everyone know he was the attorney general and is going to shut everything down. Of course, when anybody hears that, there's panic. What's going on? The attorney general's here. And it wasn't that we did anything wrong as far as on the back end. The customers were very happy. They were very successful. But somebody did not register with the state. There was some license, some fee, some registration that had to happen before you showed up to the state. I had the office quickly take care of it, but I'll tell you right now, it did not matter. I never fully recovered. We still had a little success. But when you start off, this is like a 50-yard penalty in sports or in football. When you start off, the attorney general's there. People get it into their mind. You've got to be very careful that you can instantly destroy your credibility. Even though it wasn't a big deal, even though it could be easily explained, even though it shouldn't have hurt anything, when the attorney general's there, or even if you had a customer or service, someone or somebody negative about your product, service, or what you're doing, can have a negative impact. Be careful. That would be the blunder. When you show up and something negative happens like that, it's very difficult to recover. Time for listener email. Oh, boy. This one's from Jose. No, it's not. It's Jose. So this is from Brazil. Now, if it's Mexico, it's Jose. But in Brazil, it's Jose. They pronounce their J's in Rio de Janeiro. Hopefully I said that right, Jose. I love Rio. It's a beautiful city, nice beaches. You need to get there. Great food. Get your Guadana. That is their favorite soda out there. It's really quite good. It's made from a Guadana berry. I think you see it a lot more in some of these 
energy pills that people have been taking. It says Guadana. Everyone says it wrong, but the right way to say it is Guadana. Great drink if you haven't tried it before. You can probably find it in some import stores and grocery stores. But anyway, looks like Jose was attending the perfect persuasive presentation workshop. He doesn't say where. I haven't done that in Brazil in a few years. Maybe it was back then or it could have been here in the States. Says, I noticed some had more presence than others when you talked about charisma and you had presence. And is it something that you learned? Is it something that you're born with? Well, first of all, Jose, you're not born with it. This is definitely something that you can learn. Because I said we talked about it in the seminar, but he had an emergency on the first part of day two. And that's when we worked on presence and talked about presence. So I'm assuming... If I remember correctly, that probably was in Miami three or four months ago. But you bet, Jose and Rio de Janeiro, let's talk about it because the audience can always learn on ways to captivate and to influence and have more presence and people notice when you walk into the room. In fact, I don't think we'll be able to get it into one podcast. So maybe we have a multiple episode podcast on presence and maybe charm and winning people over and that chemistry of charisma. Maybe we can talk about that. But I think the big thing is, let's start with a fable. Love my fables. A fable is kind of like a parable, but it uses animals. And if you've read any of my books, you know that I'm a big fan of fables. And so this is one I use when I talk about presents. One day a turkey left his pack and friends and ventured into a large meadow where peacocks were known to live. He looked around and did not see any of the peacocks and he roamed and explored and searched for the peacocks. Then he found a few piles of beautiful feathers. The turkey decided he wanted the prestige of the peacock. He took the fallen peacock feathers, tied them to his tail feathers, and paraded around the meadow. When he saw the peacocks returning, he strutted toward them to see whether they could tell he was a turkey. As he neared the peacocks, they discovered his bluff and began to peck at his head and pluck away his false feathers. The turkey ran back to the other turkeys who had been watching from a distance. They, however, were even more upset with his display and began to chase him around and peck at his head. I don't know what the deal is, but they're attacking his head. And the meaning here is, when you fake your presence, you falsify who you are. When you fake your passion or fake your confidence, no one is fooled. People always judge you by your appearance, presence, and demeanor. So think about it. Are you trying to be something or someone you are not? People can sense fake presence. True congruent presence is power. Your presence is a key to developing charisma and influence. And so let's spend some time talking about that presence. Things you could work on right now to become better in the world of persuasion and influence and captivate people and have that charisma. And yes, it can be learned. I guarantee you it can be learned. I've been teaching charisma for a long time and researching it for a long time. I know it can be learned. So one of the big factors and easiest one to add to the world of charisma in your presence, again, you want people to notice you and want to be around you. That's what charisma is. People want to be around you, want to be influenced by you, want to help you, want to serve you, want to work with you. That's the bottom line. And when you have this passion, it's this transfer of pure energy. And I love what leadership expert John Maxwell said, that a great leader's courage to fulfill his vision comes from passion, not position. And I'm not talking about hype, drinking too much caffeine or too much Red Bull or energy drinks. You could have a quiet passion. You've seen it in people before. Passion, more than anything else, recruits the hearts and minds of the people that you want to influence. 
If you don't care, they're not going to care. If you're not passionate, they're not going to be passionate. This is a critical skill. In fact, when I look at two different persuaders that have the same intelligence, about the same persuasion IQ, same area, same leads, and one's making a lot more than the others, it usually comes back to passion about the product, the service idea, about serving other people. And when people see a charismatic leader, they describe them with awe, inspiration, empowerment. These emotions are catching. And when you have a sense of mission, it drives you, it stimulates your imagination, it motivates you to higher levels of achievement when you've tapped into that passion. Again, it is so contagious. People are drawn to you. I'm talking about true passion, not this wild enthusiasm. Enthusiasm has its place. You want to be energetic. In fact, enthusiasm, the root word's inspired by God. So you're enthusiastic about something, but I'm talking about when you're truly passionate. Enthusiasm is more of excitement. It's more temporary. It's good. It's better than nothing. But I think the next level, I know the next level is passion. So how do you increase your passion? Well, the first thing I want you to do is ask yourself this question. When you're talking to someone on the phone, face-to-face, giving a presentation, whether you've given it once or a hundred times, are you singing the song or are you singing the words? Think about that. Are you singing the song or are you singing the words? Meaning, are you just going through the motions and you've done it so many times you don't have to think about it? Are you truly listening, singing the words, having it impact you and your prospect and your audience? Very important, because they can see right through it, that you're going through the motions, that you don't care as much as you should. Are you singing the song or get in there and feel the words? Sing the words is a big thing you need to think about. That's number one. Number two is learn to be authentic. We've talked about being authentic, being genuine, not be like the turkey that's putting on those fake feathers. Be yourself. Now, you could benchmark other people and what they do, but you need to do what I learned from my early mentor, Jim Rohn. He said, Be a student, not a follower. Meaning as you read books on success or even persuasion or listen to podcasts, take what works for you and adapt it and mold it to you and your personality. I've probably taught things on the podcast where maybe it wasn't the right tool or the right time. Or you learned something new or unique that wasn't part of who you are. And that's okay. Learn to benchmark being authentic, not trying to mimic or other presenters or persuaders. Another thing you do to increase your passion is learn to educate yourself. The more you learn about your product, your service, your industry, your ideas, things that you're doing, you become more passionate. You love what you're doing. You like it. You're continually learning and growing. It's part of your personal development program, but the more you educate yourself on your industry, your product, the things that you're doing, that can increase your passion. And live your passion. Become a product of the product, a product of the service. (laughs) Nothing worse than going to a car dealership. Let's say it's a Ford dealership and they are driving a Honda or vice versa. Really? Or a financial platter that's not investing the same things they're recommending to you? You need to be a product of the product. Live it, taste it, touch it, feel it, become it. This is an important piece to your success and what you can do. Again, passion more than anything else recruits the hearts and minds of the people that you're talking to. I've done this with university students, even at seminars, have people come up and do a quick, you know, two, three, four minute presentation on something they're passionate about. And I let them choose on whatever they want. And you get some really intense ones and you get some ones that maybe are a little lighter that you're like, really? You're passionate about that? For example, I saw one on frozen yogurt. I'm like, 
really. They're trying to save the planet, and you're doing frozen yogurt, but that's okay. But it was interesting. It really opened my eyes as they talked about frozen yogurt, the best flavors, where to go, the best toppings, the best deals. They were so descriptive and vivid and passionate about what they were talking about. At the very end, everybody want frozen yogurt. In fact, lunchtime, people went to the frozen yogurt shop to get frozen yogurt. That's true passion, that transfer of ideas, that transfer of energy, that transfer of enthusiasm can be a big deal in the world of persuasion and influence. And even more important, when you're trying to captivate and engage your audience or prospect. Had a student once do something on scrapbooking. I'm like, okay, now that's not something I'm interested in. Now, I'm not here to offend other scrapbookers out there, but let me tell you what happened to me. I'm not a scrapbooker, didn't get it, but they talked about scrapbooking. They even had samples and why they were excited. And they showed these different ways you can scrapbook, ways to make it simple, and wow. Now, I will still never scrapbook. Maybe I will. I guess I better not say never. But I moved a few notches, and now I'm thinking, oh, now I get it. Now I understand why other people do it. I got in their shoes. They were passionate about it. That's what made the biggest difference. Another thing you can do to increase passion, especially with the people that you work with, is remember past victories especially for those that are in sales where you get rejection all the time and where you hear someone say they have a better product than you or you lose a sale to a competitor, that can suck the life out of you and deflate your passion. So think about the victories. Think about past successes. Think about all the people that love you and your product. You solve their problems. You've made them more money. You save them money. That can maintain your passion. I'm not saying you can live in passion 24 hours a day, but the more time you spend in passion, the more influential you are, the more engaging you are, the more presence you're going to have. Especially if you're in or work with customer service, we have found it's about 90-day mark where you lose a lot of your customer service reps. Why? I mean, you spend all this money on training and engaging them because what do they hear all day long? People aren't calling up, for the most part, saying, thank you, I love your product, this is great. They hear that one half of 1% that are having problems, that are very negative, that aren't smart enough to figure it out, or maybe there was an issue, or the product, something happened to it in shipping, right? They deal with all the negativity and the harsh words and the mean people and the negative emotions, and it destroys a regular person. Very few people can handle that, and that deflates and destroys passion. So you got to remember with customer service, Keep your training up. That's important to have that personal development and learn about the product. But you've got to talk about victories and success stories and read testimonials. Otherwise, their brain thinks, this is a terrible company. This is a terrible product. It doesn't work. Nobody likes me. Nobody likes the product. Because they're dealing with that one half of 1% that's negative. And it can suck the life out of people and destroy passion. So if you want to captivate, if you want to engage, if you want to have more presence, it's going to come back to having the passion. I gave you some tools to work on. You can go back to the archives when I talk more about captivating an audience and a prospect. That's episode 181 and 182 in the archives. That's the free part of Influence University at InfluenceUniversity.com. Of course, you can follow us at YouTube, Spotify, and Facebook at Maximize Your Influence. You want to know more about persuasive presentations, I'll put a link in there, or you can check out lawsofpersuasion.com. Or you can check out the audios at maximizeyourinfluence.com. Great question, Jose and Rio de Janeiro. Appreciate your feedback and your kind words about the podcast. 
He says he has not missed a podcast since the beginning. So that's pretty impressive. Thanks for that. That's a lot of episodes. So that is awesome. I'd love to hear from you, Jose, your favorite episode. It's always fun for me to hear and figure out what people want to learn. And you can send me an email, Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com for things that you want to hear. That's what it's for. That's what we are doing. So tell your family, friends, and enemies about Maximize Your Influence on Spotify and on iTunes and better podcast websites near you. I've always wanted to say that. But anyway, again, thanks for being here. Appreciate your love and support. Master these skills. Learn to captivate. Work on that presence and go out and persuade with power. (laughs) 